My name is Coach Tony. Hi, my name is Jalen Penny. Hi, my name is Kadeem Green. Hi, I'm Josh Collins, and welcome to the Tobin Series Podcast. Hey, yo, Devontae, man. We're back with another Tobin series, bro. But another one. And like I said the other day, as we continue to progress in this Tobin series, the guests keep getting better. But before we get to our guest today, though, Devontae, I want to give you a shout-out, man, for being you, bro, for being alive, for praising God. <laughs> hey, amen to that. Amen to that. As you said, they keep getting better and better. Let's keep this series rolling. I think what we need to we need to find to get you we need to get you another Tobin jersey. You know I like the color and everything, but I think we need another Tobin another hey, Tobin jersey. I would like that if you got one for me, hook me up. Tony, Coach Tony, where you at? <laughs> hey, today we're alongside pro uh, former pro basketball player, former Division One basketball player, and current basketball trainer Kadeem Green. How you doing, boss? I'm good, man. I'm glad to be here. Glad to talk basketball. Talk, share my experiences with you all and uh, talk talk a little bit about Tobin, Tobin basketball. For sure, for sure, for sure. We're going to get you started off the right way. So we're going to get you started off today with a game called. Wow, wow. You, you keep me up and I totally. Um, <laughs> we are playing overrated, underrated. Is that what we call it again, Stephen? I'm bugging That's right now. That's what we're now. playing today. That's what we're playing today. Overrated, okay. underrated. We are playing overrated, underrated, Kadeem, and what we're going to do here is I'm going to give you some categories, whether it's basketball players or not, and you're just going to simply tell me, kind of quick hitters, if it's overrated or if it's underrated, get the blame, the blame, the brain flowing a little bit, all right? Clearly, Man, you, like need, cl 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 clearly you need your brain to flow a little bit, Devontae, today. <laughs> it's not, it's not, it is not flowing right now, but you know what, in a couple, in a couple seconds it will. You good? You understand the rules? Yeah, for sure. For sure. All right. First one I'm going to give you, Dwight Howard. Overrated. Overrated. Okay, Skittles. Overrated. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Nintendo 64. Underrated. Underrated? Okay. Yeah. I kind of want to know why. I, I kind of want to know why for, uh, for Nintendo 64. Yeah, I know people who are still playing that to, to this day, man. That is a fact, bro. Zelda, Mario Bros. Yeah. Yeah. Ridiculous. I used to have that myself, man. I wish I still had. It. I don't know where I put it. I don't know where I put it. Speaking of games, um, Fortnite. Overrated. Overrated. Okay. You know the kids love that these days. You know I play here once in a while, but um, yeah. So let's go with um Gilbert Arenas. Underrated. Underrated. And um, last one here, Sour Patch Kids. Uh, I'd say I'd say underrated. Underrated? Okay. Underrated. Hey, we went through those quick today. Usually there's some, but I like I like the answers. I think I think I agree with all of them too. That's the thing. But that's it for the game today. Let's get the show started. I have a question for you though, because you mentioned it when you talk about Nintendo 64. Who's your character in Smash Bros? <laughs> Link. 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 He's a linker. Okay. <laughs> Link's a big dog give, in that give, game, man. Give me, a, give me a Bowser and we're all good, man. I'm telling you, I'm, I'm taking it home. Taking it home. I'm, ba I'm a Bowser no, guy. Bowser's too slow, man. He's too slow, man. He but he's powerful. Up. But he's powerful. He's like a Shaq. You feel me? You just can't stop him. <laughs> I was definitely a, a Pikachu back in the day. That guy was unstoppable. Pikachu. Wow. That's interesting. I've, I've never heard of anybody being Pikachu, so that's a first for me. But Kadeem, I gotta ask you though, how's 2020 slash 2021 been for you? It's been real good, man. Honestly, I'm I'm I'm, I'm thankful for the opportunities I had this, this past year, and um, financially, I've been able to make more money now than I was before. So that that's a good thing, you know. But at the same time, too, it's it's been a lot on. I'm pretty sure it's been a lot on not just me, but everybody mentally. You know what I'm saying? This whole COVID thing's taking a toll. Mm -hmm. Probably ready for all this shit to be over, right? Facts, for sure. Facts. I got. I got to ask you though, because you know, you and I were talking about this prior to jumping on the show. Uh, we mentioned that Doug Ford's his 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 what is it, his net worth, or whatever, is now worth fifty million dollars or some shit like that, just because of his sticker business. Has has this pandemic helped you make any gutsy moves in terms of business, in terms of life, stuff like that in general? Yeah, for sure. I feel like I feel like now I'm more willing to take 
bigger risk, you know, just because I'm just like, yo, like this whole COVID thing showed me that, yo, nothing's guaranteed, nothing's promised in life. Your your life can change it in a day, in a minute, in a second, you know what I mean? So you just got to be, got to take things for what they are, you know, and try to seize every opportunity given to you, you know? Facts, facts, facts. Uh, obviously, the pandemic has been a struggle for a lot of people, including myself, you know, just not being out, being on the basketball court, not being able to do stuff that I would regularly do on a regular basis pre-COVID. What has the biggest struggle been for you in, in, in particular? Yeah, for sure. The training aspect of it, you know, just being active, you know, because like we were talking earlier, you know, I've been training since I was like 10, 11 years old. You know what I mean? So mm -hmm. this is probably the longest period in my life where I haven't been able to hit the gym five times a week, four or five times a week, you know, when I'm, when we're prior to COVID, I was in the gym, like training five, six times a week, sometimes two times a day, you know, but there's no gyms now. Right. So I kind of like, I kind of kind of improvise doing outside workouts and stuff, but at the same time too, in the winter time, you can't really do that. Right. Mm -mm. Unless, unless you're, you're, you're one of those crazy white people that have cold blood, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> But you know, you know, I, I got the island blood on me, in me, man. You know. Neither do I, bro. I'm, I, I'm, I'm, I'm one of those white. I'm one of the white kids I'm talking about. But shit, don't put me outside in wintertime. Shit. <laughs> <laughs> There's a ton of kids in Canada that are losing hope to play basketball right now. What are some tips that you would tell them to keep them motivated? I would tell them to stay focused. Don't lose their eyes on the on the prize, and just continue to deduce little things every day to help them better themselves whether that's just like dribbling the ball inside or, or doing some hand-eye coordination stuff or there's always something you can do. Mm -hmm. There's always something you can do. That's what I realized over the last few years in my life that there's always something you can do to better yourself. You know what I mean? Never stay stationary, you know? Always strive to be a better version of yourself. There's always something you can do. Even if it's push-ups or just squats or lunges, whatever. You, I even tell that to Sam. I told that to Sam, like, there's always something you can do. You know, always try to strive to be active. Mm -hmm. For sure. No, for sure. If you were a kid going through a pandemic, what's some advice that you'd want an older head to give you? Probably just just that, 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 what I just said, just be active. Always be active. Always strive to be a better version of yourself. Mm -hmm. There's always something you can do. There's 24 hours in a day. You know what I mean? Make the most out of it every single day. Live, your, live every day like it's your last, you know? Fair enough. No, that's that's a big one right there, and 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 you know even even during this pandemic, it's really given me in particular a different a different viewpoint. You know, obviously like like beforehand I would pray, but I wasn't consistently praying. Now I feel like I'm a lot more connected to God and stuff. And this pandemic has really brought me back to that, and, and to understand that you know life isn't 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 uh, life isn't guaranteed all the time. It's one of those things where you, got, you really have to take it into perspective and, and appreciate what you have in front of you. So I agree with you on that one, man. I definitely agree with you on that. But I want to talk to you about your personal game a little bit. Uh, back when you were playing AU in high school at Vaughn, you were labeled as a quote-unquote big man because of your because of your height. Uh, did you ever work on guard moves or was it always post moves? No, that, that that's the thing. Like, I felt like my time and the time now is a little different. Whereas back in my day, like, I was just because I was the tallest guy, they would throw me on the block and be like, yo, you have to play the four or five, like four or five position, depending on the size of the team, right? Mm -hmm. And just make me stay on the block and do block work. But if you know me, you know that I'm versatile. You know what I mean? That's what I, coming out of high school, I was recruited as a versatile big man. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And that was kind of, like, I kind of realized that from when I used to, I, I, I had a, a luck, a luckily, a luck, a luck, sorry tongue twister, but I had a, a opportunities as a youth to be able to go down south, to play ball down south, to see the difference, to compare the difference between basketball down south and basketball here. So I, I realized at a young age that, yo, uh, yeah, I'm tall in Canada. I'm big in Canada, but like if I want to play at the highest level, I got to expand my game. I got to be able to do more than just stay on the block and do block work, you know? Mm -hmm. And that's why from a youth, I always strive to, to be more than just a block player, you know? I feel that. No, I feel that. And as you mentioned, you know, the game has obviously changed. If you play now, you'd, you, you'd definitely be like a stretch five or a three, four even. Um, mm -hmm. most, co most coaches, when they see someone walk in the gym and they're tall, they automatically think that they're a center. What's some advice you give to coaches who think that, who think that way and to players who are in the same boat because of, because of the height? I would say as a coach – and I, I actually coached uh, AU like two summers ago. So as a coach, don't don't always look at players based on 
or based on their height or size or, 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 or weight or whatever, their physical appearance, I would say, you know, put, uh, strive to put a, a player in the best position for him. You know what I mean? Because mm-hmm. I feel like a lot of coaches, they lose sight of that. They lose sight of that as a coach, you're supposed to gr- help these kids grow into the best version of themselves, whether that's on the court or off the court, both. You know what I mean? It's not just, mm-hmm. it's not just on the court. Sorry. It's on the court and off the court. You know what I mean? So you always got to strive to put these players in the best position as possible, not just a position that benefit your team at that time, because it's bigger than their team at that time. You know what I mean? Because if you want these kids to, for example, if you have a, an elite level athlete coming on your team, you want him to be the best version of himself. So once he's done with your program, he can represent your program at the higher level. You know what I mean? It's not just about him being able to, if you need a five man on your team, you put him on the block because you know he's tall and he's going to grab rebounds. And you know what I mean? Yeah. And he's going to benefit your team at that specific time. It's not about that. It's about the overall growth of the individual player. You know what I mean? So you put him in a position, even if he's tall and he has guard skills, you put him in a position where he's going to be able to showcase his skills so that he can reach the next level. You know what I mean? Yeah. And then once he reaches the next level, he represents your team. Mm-hmm. So as a coach, I'd say, think more about the player you know what I mean instead of yourself because I feel like a lot of coaches I even experienced this to myself many times that a lot of these coaches are too busy thinking about themselves and keeping their job and you know what I mean and feeding their I mean that's human nature though like feeding your family keeping your job but it's bigger than that I, I, I promise you if you think more about if you're more selfless with it things will work out for you you don't even got to think about you know what I mean? Providing for your family and keeping your job because it'll just happen naturally. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. As a player, I would say uh, just 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 do your best. Like like whatever whatever position you're in, just just play as hard as you can and 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 just go and just go out there and give it all. You know, give it your all. Don't don't think too hard about like you're not playing. You're you're a three man, but you're you're playing the five, and you're you don't want to play the five because honestly, that happened to me too throughout my time. Then it kind of threw me off, but. You just got to play through it, play as hard as you can. And like I said, everything will take care of itself. Oh, for sure. And, and, and you even talked about skill-wise as well. Like, I want to talk to you about your, your, your mid-range package. Because obviously, when I, from what I know, you had, a you had I don't know if you still have it, <laughs> but you had a great mid-range. Like your mid-range game was on point. If you took about 10 mid-range sh- shots, you're scoring about eight of them, eight, maybe nine. You know what I mean? So you shot at a very high clip for the mid-range. But I want to know, though, ob- other than the obvious, you know, getting the gym, working on your game, what other tools did you use to perfect your mid-range game? Um, back in the day, I used to watch a lot of KD because that was one of my favorite players back in the day. So um, I used to kind of like watch K, like NBA players and try to like use some of the, some of their tools and implement it in my game. Um, so that's the biggest thing, really, just watching, watching basketball, you know, because mm-hmm. developing a basketball IQ, I feel like it, yeah, you, playing is one thing, but watching is, is, is underrated nowadays. I feel like a lot of players don't take the underrate. That's underrated. You know what I mean? They don't really take that as serious as they should be taking it. You know? So mm-hmm. I'd say watch, like watch players at the highest level, and don't just watch like for highlights and all that stuff. You know what I mean? Like crossovers. You know what I mean? Fancy dunks and all that stuff. Watch like fundamentals. I'm talking about. You know, like is this guy fundamentally sound? Like what is he doing fundamentally? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I'll take that was the that's the biggest thing really. Fair enough. That's that's very that's that's very fair. I definitely see the the KD comparison, and you know KD as a whole is just a ridiculous package in itself. So we're not going to elaborate on KD what he brings to the game. But mm-hmm. Kadeem, you know this being a Tobin series, and you played in and won some big tournaments with Tobin basketball. Can you talk to us about playing for to- what Tobin, what playing for Tobin means for you? Honestly, man, that was, that was an amazing experience. Like what Tony did, I don't ever, I don't think I ever seen any other program do inside of in, in the GTA. Like to, Tony, pretty much, he he pretty much he treated us like we were in a Division One. You know, you know the treatment you get when you're playing Division One, Devontae. Like that's what it was like when we were with Tony. Like he would take care of all our meals. He would fly us out. You know what I'm saying? We, you know what I mean? Like all that stuff that you you all that treatment that you get when you're playing division one, like that's what we got with him. So I feel like a lot of players who who were on the team who never got that experience playing division one, 
they kind of got a taste of that when they when they played for Tobin, you know. So I felt like that was the biggest thing with Tony, you know, what he 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 did a little different. But you know, not too many people are fortunate to have the finances that he has, you know. But like like I said, he was the first to really do that. Yeah. Man, I, we, sorry, go ahead. From, from from what I've seen, at least I like I like at a, at a, at the men's level, you know what I mean. Uh, that's a fact. I definitely have never seen anybody, not just the GTA, but I haven't seen anybody kind of do that <laughs> ever. But that, that's just me. I don't know if you've seen that yourself. But um, we like to ask everybody this question. How did you meet Coach Tony? I met him through Nabil. Mm. Nabil is one, one of the OG members of Tobin. So back in the day when Tony, when Nabil was first playing for uh, Tony, Nabil used to tell me about Tony all the time. And I was just like, I was too busy doing my thing, like like playing pro and like focusing on my pro career and stuff like that. So I wasn't really thinking anything about it. And then that money tournament came up at that time in uh, Halifax. And then Tony told me, his, uh, Nabil introduced me to Tony, Tony at the time. And Tony has told me he's looking for players. And then that's when we linked up. And it was history after that, you know. It's crazy. I actually want to ask you about that, get a little bit more into detail about the Halifax tournament. You know, you played in it. And Coach Tony mentioned in uh, the other show that we had with him that that was his favorite team that he's coached. You know, what does it mean to know that you were part of that team? And if you want to elaborate on that Halifax tournament a little bit. Which, which team was he talking about? The first year, second year, or third year? That's a great question. I'm pretty sure he's talking about that first one. Okay, okay. Yeah, that first one, was, that was the craziest year, man. Because it's like, we went down, we went down there with like eight guys, but... Not everybody was had well, was a, was a high level player, you know. And then we were playing with like some of the the um, like some of the top ballers coming out of the Toronto, you know, like Marvell and those guys, right? Yeah. So it was a, it was a battle. Like I remember um, um, the championship game. Uh, Negus got hurt, so Negus was one of the key players on our team at that time. So he hurt his like I think he hurt his like toe or something. So before the, the championship game, like the, the game before the championship game, he hurt his toe. So he was out for the championship game. And like, I remember players who were like, it kind of gave me the kind of like feel like I was playing division one, like I was in the States again. You know what I mean? Like I was back in, in, in college or university. You know what I mean? It gave me that feel. So I kind of got that rush. Like, yo, like we're a man. You know how it is. Like, yo, when you're, when you're a man down, you got, everybody has to pick up slack for that guy, right? Not being there. You got to raise the roof a little bit. Exactly, exactly. So we got that feel and we just turned up, you know. That's when Josh Collin hit, I think he hit like eight threes or nine threes or something, something crazy like that. Or ten threes or something crazy like that. Okay. I can't remember the exact number, but he turned he went he went nuts that game. So it was, it, was, it was one of those. It was one of those tournaments. I didn't know that. We didn't get to elaborate on exactly what happened in that first one, but that's good to hear. And obviously when money's on the line, everything's different. So exactly, I'm right? <laughs> So I'm going to hit you uh, with a, a quick hitter here. Best Tobin moment? I would say that, that first year in that Halifax tournament when we won. Okay, so you too. Okay, man, I should have, Steven, we should have been there. Everybody's saying this is, you didn't get to see that. Mm-hmm. Yo, that was, a le- that was a legendary game, man. That was a legendary game, for real. So I'm going to ask you, I'm going to ask you this. So many great basketball players that went to Vaughn, including yourself. You know, what are your thoughts on how the school evolved and decline-wise after you left? Because there was kind of a, there was kind of a ship sailing or a little diversity in between. I think overall, I think overall Vaughn, like Vaughn exceeded my expectations, to be honest with you, from, from, from back then till now. Like they came a long way, like very long way, you know, now they're like a prep school or something like that, right? A prep academy or something like that. But I remember back in the day when I was at Vaughn, my ninth grade year, I don't know if you guys know, but my ninth grade year, I played senior. I played on the senior team my first year. So, like, things were mad different at that time. You know, Bond was, like, Bond was known, but they were still on the come up a little bit. You know, we still had some good players around us, but we never really had, like, Division One players coming through like that, you know? Like, probably, like, my class was the first class, really, that really, you know? Like, me, Nick, like CJ, you know what I mean? Like, like, we're the first kind of guys to, like, you know what I mean? To kind of take Vaughn to the next level, you know? Yeah, for sure. But, um, yeah, Vaughn's came a long way. A long way, a long way, man. From from when I was going there till now, it's like, 
day and night. You know what I mean? Yeah. Now, you hit a point there. Knowing that Vaughn became prep, your generation had to, a lot to do with that. Would you have still left even if Vaughn was a prep school while you were there? Nah, I probably wouldn't have left. Okay. I kind of figured. No, I would have. I went to school in the States too. I probably would have stayed my or transferred in if they were prep at the time. So that's, uh, I agree with you on that one. Now, when you see guys come from Vaughn who became. What year did you be? My sophomore year. So I went to the States in, when I was a junior. That had to be like 2000 and. <laughs> 12, 2012, maybe. Damn, you're you're young, you. bro. You're a young yeah. book. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> I was in university those times. <laughs> that, that's actually, it's crazy to hear because when I talk to Steven and he talks to other guys and he mentioned all these dates, I'm like, what the hell? I was just young. Like, and now I'm on the <laughs> other side when you hear it from me. Yeah. yeah. So 2012, 2011, one of those, one of those years, if I'm not um, mistaken. But you know, when you see guys coming from Vaughn who became successful within basketball, how does that make you feel? Because there is a spree of them now. Honestly, it makes me feel. It makes me feel these those those young boys probably don't even know about like me and guys my age, like Vlad. I don't know if you know Vlad. That was a big a big time player too that came out of Vaughn. Uh, uh, Mitchell Mitchell Jr. Mitch Wiggins. Yep. Shout out Mitch yeah. Wiggins. Yeah. Shout out Mitch. Um, these guys, those young boys don't even know that those guys and me and and even Nick Wiggins and CJ, we paved the way for those guys. And they probably don't even know, like, about us. They probably only know uh, Andrew, about Andrew Wiggins, because obviously he made the league, right? But so, so, Sorry to cut you off, but they actually retired both Nick and Mitch's jersey, too, probably because of Andrew. But they, they have all three of them, their jersey retired now. Oh, they retired Mitch's, too, eh? Yeah. Oh, okay, I didn't even know that. I know I knew about Andrew, but I didn't know about Nick and... Uh, yeah, I figured Nick, too, because Nick, you know what I mean? He did it big, too. Mm-hmm. But uh, I didn't know Mitch, too. They retired Mitch's jersey. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, like, these players, these young boys, they probably don't even know about, like like you said, the Wiggins, right? But, like, there's there's a lot of player, great players that come out of Vaughn before, prior to to those guys, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. For sure. Like, I don't know if you remember Vlad, Steven. Remember Vlad? You the probably don't guy? know him. He's older. He's older. Maybe. Oh, the, 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 the white guy. The white guy that's, oh, that's Mitch's right hand. Big man. Big man, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he, yeah, he, yeah he's yeah. always with Mitch, right? Mitch, Mitch and him are like best friends, no? Back in or the like, day? Back in the day. Uh, a, a little bit, but he used to do his, his own thing. He used to do his own thing. I don't know, I don't know where okay. he ended up playing, but he was, like, he was like the top recruit. When I went there, he was the top recruit. Okay. Like, he was a man. He was a man still, but I don't know where he ended up playing. I think he went, like, to the States. Like he was one of the like like he was the like he was the one who really during my time who really who really blew up Bond. You know what I mean? Because everybody was like, "Yo, who's this Vlad guy playing on Bond?" And he's getting looks from from the states and stuff. You know what I mean? He's the one who really built that interest towards Bond back in my day. Fair enough, Vlad. Huh? Hmm. That's, that's yeah. interesting. Because I only remember Vlad. I'm about to say all, all these Vlads, Devontae. All these Vlads. I only know one <laughs> Vlad, and that man's a trainer. Shout out to Vlad, man. Had him on. <laughs> hey, Devontae, well, I, I think I think we, we have to give a shout out to Vlad every Tobin episode now, bro. He, he's he's, he's, he's getting shouted out every single episode, so I think we got to continue that trend. The, the, that's a good man right there. That's a good man right there. But Kadeem, I got one more question for you. You know, we had Gus and Josh on the show. Now, can you share with us a funny moment that you had with them, or or individually, or both of them, or individually? Sorry. Ah, uh, man, I gotta, I gotta dig deep in my memory, my memory banks. I know that's, I know it's been <laughs> quite some time. I know it's been quite some time. Um, man, ah, uh, gosh, that's, Josh, that's Josh, the thing, the thing, the thing about the thing about that is when I was at actually when I when I went to Bond, Sharma was my coach because I played senior, right? So so mm-hmm. AJ Sharma was my coach at the time. Gus was just the assistant at the time, you know? Yeah, yeah. So I don't, I don't, I didn't, I didn't really, I don't really have too many moments with Gus. But Josh, I could say, um, Josh is just a funny guy. He's just funny, you know. He likes crack jokes and shit. Um, man, I can't really think of anything right now, man. Sorry, man. That's all too, right, man. Too much, too much, right. too much, too much traveling. Too much, too much different teammates and over the years. Man, I can't really 
of anything right now. If anything comes to my mind, though, before the end of the show, I'll, I'll definitely. Fair enough. Fair enough. Fair enough. Most definitely fair enough. Shout out Gus. Shout out Josh. Y'all can check out their episode when they come out soon. After Vaughn, you 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 headed or after your prep school in North Carolina, you head over to Missouri University. Why do you choose Missouri? So at the time, I, I was like Missouri was recruiting me since I was like in grade ten. So I was like, there's a, there's a I feel like there's some kind of loyalty here, right? They've been recruiting me since since I was in tenth grade. You know what I mean? They've been consistent with it too. Mm-hmm. So that was a, that was a big thing for me. At the time, I'm like, these guys really want me. So they, you know what I mean? They, they fed me the dream too, like all these coaches do. You know what I mean? Um, I also like the way they played and they developed big man. Like at the time when they were recruiting me, Damari Kell went, went there. Mm. So so they kind of were, were yes. comparing me to Damari Kell. They're like, yeah, we want you to come in here and, and kind of take his role. Be like okay. a big man, but like be like a, a, a athletic wing big man. You know what I mean? Not just a block man. Mm-hmm. So that was a big thing for me, and and and, and um the the style of play, like back in the day, they used to say Missouri's fastest forty minutes in, in college basketball. So that was that was that was big for me. Like I I'm, I like I like to run and gun and, and play that kind of style. So at that time, Missouri was like one of the one of the top schools for that programs mm-hmm. to know to, for that style of play. So, and then and then um also too my my twelfth grade year. I ended up tearing my Achilles, so then I lost a lot of a lot of options. Like other schools, like Memphis was recruiting me, Wake Forest, Oklahoma. Like a lot of major schools were recruiting me, but like once I tore my Achilles, I lost a lot of offers. You know, because you know how it goes. Or it's like, yo, they want to take the risk, so I was just like stuck with Missouri. You know. Fair enough, fair enough. And I'm glad you actually touched up on on your injury because your first year you were at Missouri University, you had to redshirt. Talk to us about what uh, talk to us about your injury and how it happened. So um, this was my last my twelfth grade year. I was having an amazing year at the time, man. Um, unfortunately, I was in practice one day, and I just like one of my teammates it was just a it was a play where one of my teammates. I still remember this. I'm never gonna forget this. My I was a swing, so one of my teammates swung the ball to me. I was on the I was on the the right wing, so I was sweeping. I was sweeping towards the baseline. And as I sweep, mm. I, as I made my move and I pushed mm. off, because you know you sweep and then you push off, right? Mm. And then as soon as I pushed mm. off, that's when my kid, I heard my Achilles just buckle. You know what I mean? It just. Mm. But I think it has a, mm. had a lot to do with the, the gym we were playing in at the time because the gym wasn't the best, you know? Mm-hmm. Where was your mental at? Honestly, man, I, that's, I lost a lot of confidence, man. I'm not even going to lie to you, man. I lost, especially making that transition from high school to, to university. Mm-hmm. And then not playing for a full year, I lost a lot of confidence. I'm not even gonna lie to you, and and that was the biggest thing for me, just getting my confidence back. You know, it took me some time to actually get my confidence back. And you guys both know that in the game of basketball, you know, confidence is huge. You know, mm-hmm. confidence is pretty much everything. Sometimes, you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. The following year, though, you were able to contribute to the team. You were able to get back on the court. You were able to to be you again. Obviously, the the minutes weren't fully there the way the way I'm sure you you probably hoped for though. But just being able to be back on the court, where was your mental state at that year? Um, I was starting to regain that confidence, but then another thing too, like um, another uh, tribulation that happened at that time was a coaching change too, right? So I redshirted mainly because of. So the craziest thing about this whole thing is, um, so my first year when I was redshirting, right? Um, the coach at the time, halfway through the season, because we the coach we weren't winning as as much as the coach expecting us to expected us to win, right? So halfway through the season, this guy's like wanted to pull my redshirt, wanted me to play, but I was like, it's a waste, right? I I redshirted half of the season, like why would I just play for like half of the season? You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like jump into the rotation, I probably not even gonna get the minutes I want to get, right? So I was just like, I didn't even want to risk it. I was just like, nah, I'm just gonna wait till next year. So then. I wait till next year, and then the coaching change happens, right? Mm-hmm. So then new coach comes in, implements his whole his old new system, and then he puts me, changes my position and everything, and it kind of threw me off. So that that was another barrier, too, that I had to overcome at that time. Right. And um, another thing, too, is, like, I, was, I wasn't, like you said, I wasn't getting as much minutes as I should have been getting. Like, I, thought, I felt like 
there's some players on my team at that time that were getting more minutes at, than me than that shouldn't have been getting more minutes than me, you know? I played the same position. But you know how it is, man. Like, new coaches come in. They have their their own ide- ideologies of, of how they yeah. want to run things and and use players, right? Yeah, yeah. No, for sure. And that, that's the unfortunate part, too, is when coaches want to come in and try to change ship or try to change everything going on. I get it, obviously. When you're a new, new coach, whatever system you have in place, that's what you try to implement to the team and stuff like that. Sometimes it, does, it doesn't work. Sometimes it does work. It's kind of like uh, Coach K going to coach at UNC. I don't think that'll actually work, to be honest with you. I think that what Coach K does on Duke is perfect. You know, what, what Roy Williams did on UNC was perfect. You know, like what um, uh, Calipari does on, on Kentucky, I don't know if that would work on, on you know, uh, Missouri or, or something like that, right? So you're, you're, you're 100% right. Coaches come in, they try to change everything going, uh, they try to change what's going on, and it doesn't always work. Sometimes it does work, but it also hurts the people that are there, like yourself. You know what I mean? So obviously a coach that recruits you to come in that, that first year, oh, yeah, you're going to be like the Damari Carroll, like you mentioned. But now you're going to another coach who's like, oh, well, you got to learn a whole other system pretty much and pretty much have to do what I say. But you're like, bro, that's not what I want to do right now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, but, but anyways, back to that for a second, though. I want to ask you guys, you guys win the Big 12 championship. Run us through that overall experience. Honestly, man, I, besides, besides the coaching staff at the time, man, I, 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 was, I, was, I was thankful. I'm, I'm thankful. Some wonderful players on wonderful character guys on that team. Good players, you know what I mean? Unselfish players, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, guys who just had that winning mentality that were down to just win regardless, even if they have to take five to ten less shots a game, you know what I mean? They don't really care. They just wanted to win. Mm-hmm. So I, I, I'm, I'm just thankful to be a part of that team. And uh, um, the biggest thing is that uh, the coach, the coaching staff that brought in the guys before, like brought in that same team, the guys, the coaching staff that was there before that brought in that team, mm-hmm. they kind of, they kind of like built the team based on on certain principles. You know what I mean? Which is why, which I felt like is what made us successful. You know? Mm-hmm. And I'm just, I'm like I said, I'm just thankful to be a part of that. And it was an amazing experience, man. I'm never going to forget. Like we, we beat up on a lot of teams that year, man. I remember like we crushed. Crushing teams about like 20, 30, 40 points. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, we were one of those teams, you know? You guys, you guys are definitely doing your thing, but I'm going to bring you back to memory lane for a second where this might not be very, very good to talk about. And I understand if, <laughs> if, 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 if it's an emotional time when you talk about this, but it's all good. It's all good. But no <laughs> the first round of the NCAA tournament, you guys run into North, Norfolk State. You being the second seed, then being the 15th seed. They beat you guys. Talk to us about you. Talk to us about all those emotions after the game in terms so, of so, so. So I actually left. I actually left right before, like right before that. I was like, oh. yeah, I actually left the team, and because I was just like at that time, the coach. I just felt like so. I'm gonna share the story with you guys. I don't really. I don't even really talk about this. About, about got a this. hidden gem right now. We got a <laughs> hidden gem. I like it. I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm gonna share the story with you guys. So, this is like maybe like a month or or two months. I think it was like a month or two before that that moment and then in the NCAA tournament. So, we go to we go to we're playing um, Camp Bazemore. I forget what school you went to. Old Dominion. So we went to Old Dominion to play Camp Bazemore. He was on a team at that time. So we go to Kent, we go to um, Old Dominion, like we're Missouri, we're top, we're like I think we're top in the country, top ten in the country at that time. Old Dominion's like not even ranked, so we knew we were gonna go in there and, and crush them. We just were focused on stopping Kent Bazemore at that time, right? So um, we go to we go there, we're playing whatever the game. So the coach is like, okay, like I said, the coach wasn't dealing. I felt like the coach wasn't giving me as much minutes as I thought he should have been giving me at that time. So. We go to Old Dominion. This guy puts me in the game for – this guy puts checks me in, you know what I mean? So I check in. I go up and down the court for one possession. This guy checks me out. I was like – I was like – I didn't even do anything wrong. Like, we watched film after, after the game, and I, like, I watched it a few times. I'm like, I didn't even do anything wrong. So I go meet with this guy, and he couldn't even tell me, like, what I did wrong. You know what I mean? He's just, like, saying – he's like, yo, like, there's we got seniors on the team. They're their priority. You're going to be here. You know, you know how it goes, Devontae, all that bullshit. They're like, yeah, you're going to be here for a couple more years, so we want to focus in on the seniors. They're going to be – I'm like, yo, like, it's not even about that. It should be about playing the best guys. You know what I mean? It shouldn't be about 
giving somebody more minutes because he's a senior. You know what I mean? Like, that's that's bullshit. You know what I mean? So after that is when I left Missouri. I'm like, yo, like, I can't stay here. You know what I mean? And that's when I left. And I was, like, right before that tournament, not too long before that tournament. And then the wow. funny thing about that is that the coach was calling me down. He's like, yo, come back, come back, come back. And I was stubborn at the time. So I'm like, nah, like, fuck that. You already, you, already, you know what I mean? You, you pretty much, I never, that never happened to me before. If I might, yeah. coach would check me in for, like, two possessions. I go up, one offensive possession, one defensive possession. Then he subs me out. And it's like, it's not like I was fucking doing something crazy or I committed a foul or did some wasn't playing defense or something. I just, he just literally checked me out and had no, had no reason behind why he did it. You know what I mean? And that's what we were talking about earlier today before we jumped to the show, just when you and I were talking, like, bro, this is literally what coaches are doing sometimes how, on how they position their players. It's BS. It's, it's truly bullshit. Like, like you be, you, you didn't even have, even have enough time to, to get a sweat. It really just kind of sounded like he just wanted to put you in the game to, because you're on a scholarship he has to put you on the game. Apparently, you have to put you have to put scholarship kids in the game. You 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 got your minutes, and then said, "Oh, well, I played my scholarship, guys." No, that's 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 some BS, and that's first of all, thank you for sharing that story because that's that's a gem right there. But but second yes, of all, sir. that's some that's some bullshit right there. But that actually kind of brings me to my next question. Obviously, now we know why you transferred to Ohio, but you had but you had to sit out your you had to sit out majority of that year due to transfer rules. I want to ask you, though, with, with everything going on right now, the transfer portals, how much does that piss you off? <laughs> a lot, man. Like, like I was saying, these kids don't even know how good they got it right now, man. That's Bro! Thing, man. <laughs> <laughs> you know? You know, Devontae, like, you know? Imagine imagine my time, right? Imagine my time, bro. Imagine. Just imagine. You're, if you thought your time was bad, bro, just imagine my time, bro. Yeah. You're right. Just imagine it, man. But 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 luckily, at least the NCAA is learning, right? They're learning and they're they're getting better. At least they're striving to get better. But like, why are you gonna punish a kid for transferring? You know what I mean? Like, you know what I mean? Like, why do you got to sit out if you for transferring to 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 try to better yourself or put yourself in a better position, right? Like, mm -hmm. this doesn't make sense to me. Luckily, I didn't ha I didn't have to sit out the whole year at that time. But like, I still sat out. Same, but it's just a similar situation happened. I, uh, Coach, the coaching change happened. Same thing, coaching change happened. I sat off for half of the year, so I wasn't in the rotation. You know how it goes, Devontae. Once a certain period of, of the season goes by, the coaches have, have their rotation and are not really trying to change the rotation, right? Mm -hmm. So I wasn't really in the rotation. But then luckily, he gave me uh, some opportunities. You know, I was able to do my thing with the little opportunities I had. But, like, still, like, he was still stuck in, like, the rotation thing. You know what I mean? Like, yo, I have my, my eight guys, nine guys in the rotation, and these are my nine guys I'm going with. You know what I mean? It's, like, mm -hmm. it's kind of tough to break. Unless you're unless you're going to go out there and drop, like, yo, there would be games I'll drop, like, 10 points in 10 minutes. You know what I mean? Like, and he still, he still wouldn't be, like, you know what I mean? He still wouldn't want to put up my position in, in, in the rotation. You know what I mean? You still would be like kind of like iffy. Because the craziest thing about that is that when I went to that team, the Ohio team, they made a Sweet 16 prior to the season. So that's that's why I went there. I'm like, yo, these guys are good. They made a Sweet 16. So maybe we can go on another run when I go there, right? But then it kind of backfired. We got a new coach and he's like, yo, yeah, you know what I mean? We got a new coach and then he was like, I'm sticking with the same team that that got that got these guys to the Sweet 16 last year. You know what I mean? I'm I'm trying to stick with the same guys. So, Damn. I I I gotta ask you though before before we transition off from from your NCAA career, but I gotta ask you, what was it like playing with Aaron Kraft? Aaron Kraft, right? Aaron Aaron Kraft, is that his name? No, no, I never I never played with Aaron Kraft. Oh, you didn't you didn't play with him? You're, think, you're thinking of Ohio State. You're thinking, yeah, you're Ohio, thinking of Ohio State. State. You went to Ohio. You went to Ohio. I went to okay. Ohio University. Okay, 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 okay. Ohio, Ohio State was tough though with Aaron Kraft. I actually wanted to know what it was like playing with him because he, in my opinion, he was tough. But obviously, he, he didn't make it afterwards. But ended up late career wise, he he was definitely a good point guard though. So yeah, for sure, he was undersized though. That was, that was his problem. He was undersized. Facts, facts, facts. Yeah. So um, no, and I want to reiterate what you said of that last part. You know, trying to crack the rotation in situations like that. It's either like you said, you score. You have to average whoever's in your position. You have to average more than that on a, on a consistent level or injury. 
So those two things, you know, when a coach gets, you probably get into conference play, you probably have about four games. And then that coach is probably going to solidify, okay, this is who we're running with. This is who we're going to go into tournament with. If somebody doesn't get injured or somebody doesn't get that playing time given, if they don't do it for a run or a series of games, that coach and that staff is pretty locked in. So, no, for guys that um are going to listen to this podcast and when you go into a season, man, I always say first impression is everything. In life, too. That's a fact. You, you go into a business office, you go into a different environment, first impression is everything. Whether it's the way you dress, whether it's athletics and you have to perform that day, that coach probably within the first two to three workouts will know who he wants to start in five to be, know where he's going to play guys here. Not saying it's fair because people do improve, but, you know, that coach is going to determine what he's going to rock with, at least for the early part of the season. So just to reiterate that, but let's transition here from, you know, you, you transferred to Ryerson in 2013 and you played for there for three years. Now, you played a lot of minutes there compared to what you had in the NCAA. Did it feel good to get those minutes you're looking for, you know, prior to committing to your D1 schools? Because I know that's a huge transition now. Um, yeah, it was, it, was, it was a good – I mean, it felt good just to be out there and be able to, be able to, you know, like you said, get the minutes and have my, my minutes. But at the same time, too, I felt like, you know, like, honestly felt – even though, like, the OUAs are all right, it's, 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 it's like it's not bad, it's all right, but it's more guard-oriented. Guard yeah. So that's what I didn't like about the OUA or at Ryerson. But uh, like you said, man, I was – I, I, I kind of, like – Use the opportunity, kind of, to to just boost up my re regain that 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 confidence that I lost over the years, right? Transferring and transferring from school to school, and then sitting out, and then injury. Um. So I felt good in that sense, but at the same time, too, I was kind of I was kind of kind of disappointed in myself at the time because I was like, yo, like, you know, what I'm saying I started off at Missouri and now I'm at Ryerson. No, no disrespect to Ryerson. But it's, you know what I mean. Just the level of basketball is not the same. You know what I mean. That's that's clear to any basketball player. You know what I mean. But at the same time, I had an amazing experience at Ryerson. I'm thankful to to be around that group of guys and, and, and play for Roy Rana. You know, he's a good coach. Showed me a lot. Still keep in contact to him to the, with him till this day. So shouts out to Rana. No, and I always talk to guys about you know. Ryerson as a team, I like to call them the Boston Celtics of the NBA just because they're always guard heavy, right? They're going to have their two to three guys that at the guard space that just go at it. Now we have this last little era where we had, um, what's his name? I'm forgetting his name. And I sure Right. And that went to Florida State. So they have the little KG moment where they had a big and they're throwing it down low. They had their big three. But before that, I think it's safe to say that they're extremely guard heavy everything that they do. But, you know, yeah, Coach Rowe, I just have to leave it at that. We all know his accolades. We all we all know his resume. So, you know, I know he does. He gets the job done as he did. Now, in 2013 and 2014, you guys lose to Ottawa and Carlton. We got to have a whole spiel with this with Josh Collins, of course. You know, what is it about these Ottawa teams that always make them strong? I love to hear people's perspective on this. I would say uh, they're, they're discipline, they're discipline and, and shooting, man. Like, Carlton, no lie, those guys can shoot the shit out of the gym. I don't know. They can shoot the shit out of the ball, man. I don't know what that what uh, Coach Smart has them doing, but, like, I've never seen a team that can shoot that good. You know what I mean? Not even in the NCAA. You know what I'm saying? I've never seen a team that that's shooting, like, 40% from the field from, from threes. You know what I mean? Like, I, 40 50% sometimes in games. You know what I mean? i never, ever seen that before, like, on a consistent basis. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So I feel like I feel like it's a discipline, really. That discipline and, and and they're shooting. Like I don't know, like I don't know where uh, Coach Smart gets these guys from, but like they're all shooters. You know what I mean? Like it's just crazy. That's that was the biggest thing. Like that was the biggest thing playing against these these Ottawa teams. You know? Yeah. No, that's a fact. And even to this day, those guys are always disciplined across the court, and their resumes always um, speak for themselves. Now, let's bring it a few years later. In 2016, you guys do something that has never been done before in Ryerson history. You know, you win the OUA Wilson Championship. It seems like your resume here, everybody has a winning caliber team, obviously from Missouri to Ohio 
now to Ryerson. Uh, that the rosters are always have a winning caliber, and you win this championship in 2016. Talk to us about your emotions after you know winning that. Oh, man, man, I was that was an amazing time in my life. Like, like, like after going through all the trials and tribulations throughout the years, I was like, finally, I finally was able to contribute to something that was like bigger than you know what I'm saying, bigger than bigger than myself really you know like that championship is going to be there forever if you know what I mean yeah so like I always wanted to be even though at uh Missouri won championships and stuff but like I never really I wasn't really contributing as much as I would like to at that time right so yeah for me it was more like you know like yeah I'm finally because you know like I, I have a risen winning resume since high school right so I was like yo like high school was really the last time I, I, I won a championship and was able to contribute to it like directly you know what I mean so I was like yo I felt I kind of felt gave me kind of like a little reminiscent moment you know I was like yeah like you know I'm I'm, I'm, I'm feeling feeling back to how I was you know what I mean right. and that's and that's so important as a basketball player especially after an injury obviously you have a you have a lost season that's one thing but after injury to get back into motion and hopefully evolving your game even more and then to win on top of that that's a that's a that's a tough thing to do in this game because you only get there's only a roster of 15 guys out of how many teams there is <laughs> OUA or NCAA or D2 whatever the case might be to have that be on that roster that wins at a high level is obviously great now let me ask you something was that Ryerson team mm -hmm. or you know what, let me rewind let me reword the question here knowing that you guys won in 2016 with Ryerson was that the best team you've ever been a part of? And I'm talking about Missouri with Ohio. In terms of in terms of caliber, in terms of overall, overall and caliber. I would say my the Missouri team was probably the best team I've been on. That um that 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 one team that won that, that Big Twelve title. Yep. But I would okay. say Ryerson is probably up there for sure. They're up there. And, and the reason I ask that, because nowadays we have Canadian teams coming in or American teams coming over here and getting their ass beat. So I always like to ask that because it's a different story now. I think there are certain schools in the OUA that can be in the NCAA tournament or the NCAA uh, D1 division. So that's a, that's a that's another discussion in itself that maybe we'll have one day. But knowing what you know now, would you have still gone – well, you already kind of answered that question. Knowing what you know now, what would you do in – would you have stayed at Missouri or would you have stayed at Ohio? Or because you won in Ryerson, does that kind of give you some sense of relief and you probably maybe would have just uh, started there? Like, what's your spiel on that? Yeah, I would say I would say definitely I have no regrets, you know what I mean, about life or anything I've done. But I was saying now – everything that I know now, I'd probably – I probably would have been would have been smarter to 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 do the reverse. So I'd go to Ryerson first, like kind of like what Todor did, right? Go to Ryerson, then go to then Division One. You know what I mean? So you yeah. can kind of prepare yourself, right? Mm -hmm. Or 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 I would say like I was kind of stubborn at the time, right? And I kind of rushed into even that going to Ohio. That was a rush decision. I was just like, yo, I I I don't want to sit out. I want to get back on the court. So I just made a quick decision. You know what I mean? I would have been more patient with myself overall just be more patient you know sometimes you just get so anxious and you just you just want to play right as a player you know how it goes like you just get so anxious you just like yo I just want to be able to contribute to something and, and just play and be active right but it's not always about that you guys sometimes you just got to sit back and just soak everything in and just be patient and let that let the answers come to you you know mm -hmm. oh, that, that is so... sorry finish no finish finish no, no, that, no that's it that's it no, I was just going to say that is extremely important, especially for kids to hear. You know, so we've all made, you know, we've all learned from our lessons in life where sometimes we speak out of action or anger, right? And sometimes we can't take those back. So I thank you for sharing that. Now, final question before we get to our quick hitters to finish off the show. We have to know, what was it like playing for Coach Reyna? And, you know, how did that help your game? Coach Rana, I see, I see, I see uh, the smile. I see the smile, so I know it's about to be good. <laughs> <laughs> One thing I can say about Coach Rana is uh, sometimes he has a he, he has a he has a short string, man. Like, you know what I mean? Like, he there's no you gotta be 
not not necessarily perfect, but you got to be on point when, when you do certain things, right? As a player, or some some coaches have more leeway. But Rana, I would say he he doesn't really his leeway is, is not as not as as I say as as wide as, as some other coaches, right? Like, and I feel like that helped me a lot, right? That kind of made me more of a disciplined player in terms of decision making in games, right? I, like I'd know like. Sometimes, you know how it goes. Sometimes you're on the court, you're like, yo, I want to make that fancy pass or that fancy move to, for the crowd. You know what I mean? For the crowd or – because, yo, sometimes I'm, so I'm, I'm one of those players that sometimes I would rather just make that, that fancy move that's going to be like – make that highlight play. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Instead of just making the right play, mm-hmm. sometimes you just want to make that highlight play to have the crowd on their toes and feet, right? But it's not always about that, right? Sometimes it's about just, just getting it done and, and kind of playing for Rana, kind of showing me like, yo, like – you just got to get it done. Mm-hmm. And another thing, too, is Rana made me more and more defensive-minded. Like, i always been, like, like I'm a, I have a long long arms and shit. i always been, like, a – I'd say i always been, like, somewhat of a defensive player, but I was more offensive-minded just, just because you know how it goes to the world we live in. It's all about offense, right? But Rana kind of brought me back to the importance of defense, right, and being solid on a defense end event and using defense to create your offense that was the biggest thing with Rana like you know but overall man it was an amazing experience man especially seeing Rana like in the league right now like I'm, I'm so happy for him you know what I mean he came a long way mm-hmm. so hopefully you know he's able to continue to build off of that Shout out, Coach yeah. Rand, man. Shout out, Coach Rand. And Devontae, it seemed like you, you, you would have played very well for him then, man. Obviously, you being a defensive guy as well and him being a defensive-minded coach, I think you yeah. would have fit in well with that Ryerson team if you ever, I do, if you were to ever come home. I do think that and people always ask me, where would you go if I came home? I definitely would say Ryerson uh, with him. You know, just his resume speaks for himself. And, uh, of course, you're downtown. So uh. <laughs> yeah, that, that, was another, that was another thing for me too, man, like, like coming back home, like I was, been, I've been gone. Like you guys know, I've been gone since I was like sixteen, right? So I was in the states for this whole time, just by myself on my own, doing my own thing. So that kind of played a part on, on me coming back too, not just just the basketball basketball sense. It was more everything too, right? My family and everything's here too. I've been gone for like I was gone for like six and a half years, six years. So I was like, a lot of things weren't working out for me too, right? So I was like, you know what I mean? Like at least like. I, like if I'm gonna play, I want to be around my family. You know what I mean. And I, I'm. I also told myself that no matter where I go, I'm always. I'll, I'm gonna play pro basketball regardless. You know what I mean. It doesn't matter if I'm at Ryerson, Missouri, or or you know what I mean, or Ohio. I'm gonna make sure I end up playing pro ball by the end of my career. You know. So luckily, I stuck to it and I, I made it happen. You know. And and that, that's that's one thing I'm gonna, I'm, I'm gonna leave leave you guys with this and um. For the whoever, whatever young athletes, aspiring athletes watching this is, don't let anybody tell you you can't do do something. You know what I mean? Because there's always going to be someone who's going to doubt you or hate on you or tell you you can't do this and that. But at the end of the day, you can do whatever you put your mind to, man. As long as you stay focused and stay determined and put in the work. Most importantly, you can do anything in your work in the world, man. I actually want to touch. Amen to that as well. But I want to touch up on that too because you look at even. Michael Jordan, who got cut from his grade nine basketball team. He's, a, in my opinion, he's the best basketball player to ever play the game, in my honest opinion. I think he's number one, six NBA championships, MVPs, defensive player of the year, all-stars, scoring championship. Like, you, you, you put him there, he's done it. So, to be able to, to touch on what you're saying right now, don't let anybody ever tell you can't. Bro, it's 100% factual. Because Michael Jordan pretty much was told in grade nine when he got cut, you're not good enough. And Michael Jordan said, fuck that, fuck the criticism, and I'm going to do whatever I need to do to become the best in the, best in the world. So you're 100% right with that, Kadeem, and, and amen to that. And I hope everybody listening takes this in and takes in what you just said, bro, because that was some, some good advice, bro. We need, we need to hear more of that in this world. Oh, what, one thing I didn't even tell you guys, but another reason why I left Ohio is that uh, I, got, I got injured too, right? Like all these injuries, man. Like, God damn I was starting to get into ro- the rotation. I started to play a little bit more, you know what I mean? Because the coach started to realize that I was, I was being productive, right? And then we were playing Western Michigan, and this guy dove into my leg, the same my same Achilles leg, right? This guy dove into my leg. He was diving, and he dove into my leg. And 
he I partially tore my Achilles again, man. So that's what's – and then after I was trying to play through it for my coach, and he was like – he's like, he's like, we need you, right? So he's like, yo, like – cause because uh, the therapist is like, yo, like you're going to need to go into a boot and, and, and relax for like a month, take at least a, at least a month off, right? So you can mm. give yourself time to recover. But then at the time, like we were losing and the coach is like – you starting to give me more minutes at that time, right? So he's like, yo, like, we kind of need you to be at least available just in case we ever need you, you know what I mean? So I was like, I, I was like, okay, I'll, I'll thug it out for the rest of the season I'll, and I'll, I'll wait till after the season to, to, to cater towards my Achilles. Mm-hmm. But I'm just like, I'm just that kind of player, you know, I just want to be out there and, and, and help my team in any, any way I can, right? Mm-hmm. So I wasn't even thinking about my coach. I was more thinking about my team and, and then after this, so I saw, obviously I wasn't a hundred percent playing after that time. Right. I was like, maybe like 60%, 70%, you know, but I didn't really play too much. I was more just a practice player at that time. Right. Cause I was, mm-hmm. I was injured still. Right. So then the coach is like, after the season, this guy switches up on me, switches up his whole tone. Like before he's like, yeah, like we need you, like, we need you to be available. We need you to still be a part of the team, blah, blah, blah. And then after the season, this guy's switching up his tone, saying how, like, I'm not going to play, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, yo, like, like what? Like, you weren't saying that earlier, you know what I mean? After the season, he's like, yeah, we got next guys coming in. You might not be in a rotation, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, yo, like, what? You know what I mean? Like, that wasn't what you were saying earlier. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. You're telling me how you, you guys need me to be available, this and that. And then now that the season's done and and I got to I got to cater to my my leg or whatever you're saying you're saying how you don't need me anymore and there's other guys coming in and this and that you know what I mean so that's another thing too I'm gonna leave the viewers with this young aspiring athletes that yo like these coaches will say they'll tell you that whatever they want to tell you just so that you know it can sound good but don't believe everything you hear man at the end of the day it comes down to you it comes down to you what you want to do you know what I mean? What you want to do, how much work do you want to put in? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Don't let any, like, and it goes back to what we said earlier. Don't let anybody tell you you can't because you can, you know? Mm-hmm. Facts, bro. Now, let's take the ease off for a second. Let's take the ease off. <laughs> a, a little I, test there for a minute. There's a little testimony for a minute. It was getting real sentimental. Getting real it's sentimental in here. Said it's there, huh? Hey, man, I, I love it, though, because that's going to resonate with somebody. But let's get into our quick Only on Talk Your Exposure. Only on Talk Your Exposure. Let's get into some quick hitters here. Ease the conversation before we let you go here today. Would you rather be a rapper or a singer? Probably a singer, you know what I'm saying? Okay. If you can sit down. Who's your favorite singer right now? If you could give me one. Uh... I would say, damn, that's that's a, that's a tough question. I'd say it is maybe a tough I, question. It yeah, is tough. it is a tough question. I would say, would Who you, you consider Tory, Tory Lanez a singer? Yeah, I would consider Tory Lanez. He's both. He's both. He's a. He's both. He's both. Okay. If you could sit down and have a conversation, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Hold on, hold on. I'll share with Chris Brown. I'd say Chris Breezy still. Chris Breezy. If you could sit down and have a conversation with anyone dead or alive, who would it be? I would say uh, Malcolm X. Okay. If you had a dinner, I'm going to elaborate here now. If you had a dinner party and you had to pick five empty seats, dead or alive, who would you bring to the party? This might take you a second. Dead or alive, I'd probably say Tupac. No family members. No family members. No family members? I don't even think I would say any family members anyway. (laughs) (laughs) I would say uh, Tupac, uh, Malcolm X, Martin Luther King, uh, uh, maybe Nas. um, And then maybe uh, Kobe. Yeah, Kobe for sure. Kobe. Wow, these these parties are very interesting. I feel like my party would be so different, but that's wow, okay. Who, who, you got, who do you got? Who would I get? Well, I'm versatile, so I'm definitely gonna get D Wade, right? Okay. okay. I'm gonna put I'm gonna put Oprah Winfrey in there. I love to hear from her. Ooh. Love her show. Okay. Um, 
Um, but then I'm gonna, you know, I'm gonna expand a little bit. I'll probably put a, a YouTuber in there. I don't know if you know who DDG is. Um, but like, I'm not gonna go through the whole thing. But it's my, it's gonna go from different spectrums. You're gonna have one singer. You're gonna have an athlete. You're gonna have a YouTuber. Then you're probably gonna have somebody have a crush on. Then you're probably gonna have somebody else, right? You're gonna, gonna be very versatile. But, so since so, so since since Kadeem has been you know giving us some some uh, some gems today, Devante, who would be your crush that you'd be bringing to the thing, to the party? Who would I bring? I'm gonna make this quick because this is Kadeem's time. I'll probably bring. <laughs> um, I'll probably bring um, definitely a Western name, Kaiser. Gordowski that just got drafted to the Indiana Fever. I don't know, like we mentioned on IG Live. Or I'm going to bring, like, Eva Mendez. I still love her. She's probably, like, 40-something now. I still love her. That's still my crush. You know what I'm saying? Sure but Kadeem. Yeah. Fine. She's fine, for sure. She's very fine. We like to conclude this show with a game we called In a Perfect World, right? Now, you could elaborate on this one a little bit. I'm going to put you through a scenario here, and you're kind of just going to fill in the blanks, Okay. So, all right, you're at let's say because we're in a perfect world, right? Say you're at Mont Verde still, and um, you go through your all your four years, you are a five star recruit, you have all the schools in the world, you kind of already did have that. So, now you have the luxury of going anywhere you want. Can't be Missouri, where would you go? Can't be Ohio, can't be Ohio. I'd probably be somewhere warm, to be honest with you. So probably somewhere in Florida, maybe uh, University of Florida, or or maybe even somewhere in Cali, like University of Cali, UCLA. Give me one school so we can lock it in. I'd say UCLA. 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 I like UCLA. I like UCLA. That's not a bad choice. Finally, we're going to the West Coast. Thank God. And you know, see, I like this. <laughs> I like this. So you're at UCLA. You're doing what you got to do. Double digit score. Um, all team, all team pack 12. Um, first team all freshmen, right? You're obviously now still having talks about being in the draft boards. And you know how it go. You can't dictate where you're going to go in the league. But depending on the way you answer in interviews, you could kind of, I like this franchise. We had a good workout. You could kind of dictate, you know, where you're going to land verbally. So you're in the lottery pick. Where would you go in the NBA if you had the option? In a perfect world. You're, you already know. You see the T-shirt? See the you already know. You see the T-shirt? Wow. <laughs> Yo, Steven, I'm taking Toronto out for, for the rest of the <laughs> Because we're Canadians. We need to... But why? All right. You know what? You don't need to explain why because it's in a perfect world, right? So, you're in Toronto. You have a great rookie contract. Your four years are up, right? You are leading Toronto with Nick Nurse right now. Now, it never ends up this way because of the way our taxes work. But we have enough luxury tax where we can bring in two superstars. I'm going to give you the rules for this. First person that you could pick up either has to be a rookie or a sophomore right and then the other person you could pick up is a vet in this case they've done their four years in the league so anybody you know pretty much anybody that's done their rookie contract who are those two players that you're telling to come to the sticks so we could get this championship so so rookie rookie or sophomore for one person and then any vet done their four years I would say uh, rookie. I would say uh, Alonzo. I mean, uh, Lamelo. Sorry, Lamelo. Okay. And then vet. I would say uh, vet. I would say. So he has to be in the league right now, right? Yeah, he has to be in the. He has to be in the league in this perfect world. He has to be in the league. Okay. Um, I would say. Um, man, that's, that's a that's a tough one, man. It's a very a tough, tough one. one. Yeah, yeah. That I would say maybe Mel Melo, Carmelo Anthony stuff. Woo! That's wow. yeah, my guy, Lamelo and Carmelo. Okay, I that's like a that a lot. You can't go wrong with Melo, man. That guy's gonna show me how to score in every single position. You know what I mean? He's and that's yeah. a fact. I think those two players complement your game a lot. I can see that being a big three in this perfect world. But mm -hmm. one last question. 
Who do you watch in the NBA right now? You know what? I'm going to turn on the television today because I love watching these guys. Dame Dame Dollar. Dame, Dame Dollar. Pop Dame Dollar. <laughs> I know that made Devontae happy. Devontae's been very happy this whole this whole podcast, clearly. Yes, I have. <laughs> You're a Dame Dollar guy, too? I'm a huge – that's my favorite player in the NBA right now. Um, so, I can elaborate on him forever. I'm not going to do that right now. But, uh, yeah, that's my favorite player right now. Okay. Yeah. Last question we want to ask you, uh, Kadeem, is who is somebody that you would like to see on Talk Your Exposure? But here's the kicker, though. Here's the kicker. If we can't get them on the show, you have to help us get them on the show. All right, for sure, for sure. I would say you guys got Negus yet? We had Negus. Yeah, we had Negus. We had Negus. Um, you got Nick Wiggins? We've had Nick. You had Nick? Okay. Yeah, uh, Nick. But like, we're, but we're 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 gonna have, we're gonna have to get Nick again though because because of some complications that happened before. But but we're gonna have to get Nick again. Wow. Um, Marvel. I'd like to see Marvel on that. You guys, you guys had Marvel. Who's Marvel? Marvel White. See, yes, he's the older guy. He's the older head. He's the older head. Okay. You guys don't know about Marvell, eh? Marvell okay. White. Hmm. Okay. He's the older head, man. He's like he's like he's like three years older than me. You know what I mean? So yeah, he's the older head. Say less. I mean, like I said, we'll we'll definitely we'll definitely reach out to Marvell White oh. if, if uh or, or even that young boy, uh young boy that played on uh Gonzaga this year. Manhart? Yeah, yeah, I like that kid's game, man. He's real nice, yo. I love to see, listen to him. Listen, I know he went to Mount Verde too, so I like to I like to hear mm -hmm. his experience too. For sure, yeah. honestly, honestly, we'll we'll definitely reach out to Marvel White or Andrew Nemhart. But if we can't get them on, we're gonna have to reach out to you and help us get that connection going. Yeah, for sure, no doubt, man, no doubt. Kadeem, where can where can we find you on social media, man? Yo, you can hit follow me on Instagram b l v c k underscore king k i n g. Um, yeah, Instagram, that's it. Okay. He just followed me back today, so I feel honored. I feel honored to be <laughs> yeah, getting that follow yeah, back yeah. today. <laughs> I'm not the most active person on social media, but, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll go on there time to time, you know? For sure, man, for sure. One more time, Kadeem, we want to thank you for your time. We want, we want you to stay safe. We want your family to stay safe. We hope to be able to see you back on the court, whether it's training, playing, whatever it might be. You know, what you want to do. We hope to see you back on the court soon. And honestly, Kadeem, it was a pleasure to, to hear your story and to hear what you've been through. You shared a lot of good gems with, with us today, yes. and we appreciate that. Yeah. Yeah, I appreciate you guys for having me, man. It's was, been a fun time, man. Hopefully, you know, we can do this again sometime soon. Yeah. Most definitely. Most definitely.